Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. Hey, this is Colton Dixon. Hey, this is Rachel Lampert. This is Micah Tyler. This is Ellie Lineberg. What's up? This is Apollo LTD. Hey, guys. It's, it's We The Kingdom. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And that was Peace Be Still by Hope Dust. And I'm very pleased to say for the very first time on Hope FM, and I think the first time of her being on European radio, this is Hope Dust. Hey, Hope, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Gordon. And yes, it is. It's my first time to do anything with the, with the UK. And so I'm super excited. We're, we're very pleased to have you. Thank you for making time in your schedule. So, and I guess you've been quite busy because you've just launched your new album and that Peace Be Still was the title track from it. Yes. Um, so can Tell us a little bit about, maybe before we talk about the album, maybe tell us a bit about your journey uh, in, in yeah. God. How did you become a Christian? What's God been doing with you? Uh, and, and now to lead you into becoming a worship leader and releasing your own album. Tell me everything. It has been a journey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my journey, you know, started very young. My dad was a minister. He was a pastor. And so I was kind of born into the church. You know, my mom said she had me on a Wednesday and by Friday I was on a pew. Like that, that was just the world that I was born into and born into a home of faith. By the time I was about five or six, I'd prayed the prayer of salvation and asked Jesus, you know, to save me and forgive me of my sins. And you know, I think by the time I got into high school, I started to really struggle with identity issues and value. And I really didn't have a good grasp on like, who am I in Christ? Like, I know I'm saved, but I don't know who I am in Christ. And by the time I was 19, I was really struggling, like was kind of just in a really dark place. And I didn't, I just didn't know who I was. And I ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee for the summer to live with some friends of mine that were really strong believers and had basically reached out and just said, I'm just really struggling with my faith. I don't even know if this all works. I don't know if this makes sense anymore to me. And I feel like I'm on a path that is, is going to lead to a lot of destruction in my, in my life if I don't figure out this this thing called faith and Christianity and Jesus. And I was 19 and I was at, in a little back row of a church and a gentleman was preaching a message all about the spirit of weariness and the spirit of oppression, which I was dealing with. I was just, you know, a 19 year old that was really honestly just sad and depressed and didn't feel like I had much to live for. And he preached this message and it changed my life. Like the presence of God came in to my mind and my heart that day and something shifted. Like I moved from, oh, just being saved to going like, I actually want you to be Lord of my life. Like I actually want you to be in charge of how I live and how I make decisions and how I am emotionally managing my life. How I, like I wanted to, to give my, my whole heart, my whole mind, everything about me to Jesus in that moment. And realized there had been a big disconnect that I hadn't really done that. Like there hadn't been a complete surrender. It was like, and it had caused a lot of sadness and a lot of just kind of walking away from the Lord in situations and making bad decisions that led to pain and led to, you know, difficult things. And so at 19, I, I really was like, okay, I'm all in. And that changed my life. Like from, from that point on, everything changed to how do I honor you and what I do with my life? What is your plan for my life versus what's my plan for my life? What is the, What's your call for my life? How do I live for you and 
do the things on this earth that you've called me to do in a way that you've called me to do it. There was, it was a shift, right? Instead of just living for myself and doing what I think I should be doing. And because of that, my life kind of got redirected multiple times. Um, I ended up moving to Nashville and making that my home and assumed I would just pursue music. But by the time I was 25, I was newly married and the Lord just was like, hope just as I'm, you know, praying and I'm going, God, what do I do with my life? I was at that time, a background singer and a road manager for some Christian artists here in the States. Um, and so I was like, kind of like at that moment of like, Oh, maybe this is my time. Like I'm going to step out and like pursue my own thing. And the Lord just very quickly was like, that's not what I have for you. And I, I need you to be okay with letting that dream go, being an artist and pursuing being an artist. Cause that's what I wanted to do my whole life. I didn't have any other plan. I didn't, I didn't have a backup. Like that was it. And plan A. You just had plan A. Plan A was I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to be a recording artist. And when I felt like the Lord said, no, that's not the path I have for you. It was like soul crushing because I didn't have any other idea of what my life and my future could look like. But I made the decision to surrender to that and said, okay, God, if you don't want me to pursue it, I won't. And I remember I just went and got a little job at a bridal store and I began to just pray and ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to do with my life? And little by little over a series of months, I started to really, really have a passion for the local church and a passion for the worship department in my local church. And like, how could I serve them? And how could I help them make their job easier? And what could I just do to come alongside them? And little did I know that that would end up leading to um, my local church saying, you know what, I think we want you to come on staff in the worship department. And um, I, so I came on staff and I did the administration and I led worship every week. And I didn't have any idea that that's what, what ultimately God was ultimately calling me to in my life. And it, it, it like once that journey began, I realized like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm really called to do. And, and then when I was around 33, I had this, another moment in life where my life just radically changed, where I was you know, 14 years into really walking faithfully with the Lord and re having to kind of address the fact that like, I still had some areas of woundedness from my past that really needed healing, but I had been so busy in ministry and building a family life and pouring my life out that I kind of had failed to see that I needed some ministering to. And it was in that season that I, I felt like the Lord said, you, you need to take a break and you need to like get, come off the road. And I was on staff at the church and I was traveling on the weekends, leading worship, like just kind of all over the country for various events. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to come home and this needs to be a season of health. And so I ended up uh, resigning from my job at my church and I ended up stopped traveling, which was really hard because I loved both. Like it wasn't like I wanted to quit, but I knew God was asking me to take a step back. And that, that step back was hard and painful and it was difficult. But again, it was God redirecting my steps. And the crazy thing is I was making a record at the same time because I was traveling so much and I thought, oh, I need to have a product on the table. And I ended up shelving that project. And so I just constantly, the story of my life has been God redirecting my steps and, and being sensitive to that and being willing to surrender when God suddenly speak, you know, kind of knocks on the door of your heart and says, I know this is the direction you think you're supposed to go in, but I have a different path for you. And are you willing to take this road versus the road that you've been mapping out? And that's not an easy thing to do, but it's, it's been what I've just felt like God's asked me to do. And so for the last seven years, I was just 
at home, like raising a family and a part of a, we ended up becoming a part of a, a little basement gathering of people that were doing a Bible study week, every couple of weeks. And I, I was having just an incredible encounters with God every week and just experiencing the presence of God and getting healed in the presence of God um, emotionally and mentally and just feeling like God was unlocking like so many lies and so many different ways of thinking that had kind of really kept me in some bondage, like mentally and emotionally for years. And the more God did that, the more I experienced freedom and wholeness and and this little, that wasn't just happening with me. It was happening with a lot of people that were coming to this little gathering. And that eventually grew and grew and grew. And it became a church called The Belonging Company that my husband and I are a part of here in Nashville. And as the church grew, the worship grew. And as the worship department grew, I became a part of it. And as the worship department grew even more and the church grew more, we began to write songs. And I was just really grateful that I got to be a part of that because I didn't even expect that at that point in life. But it wasn't, you know, something I thought was going to happen. And, and it was in that season and in that journey that I ended up writing Peace Be Still with two of the other worship leaders um, that are on the team. And, you know, that we wrote that song four years ago. We weren't writing it, thinking about radio. I wasn't an artist. I wasn't a signed artist. I wasn't a, like a songwriter even. I was just a mom and someone who has just a worshiper's heart. I had no idea that four years later, God was going to use that song over four years to grow and grow and grow and to grow me as a songwriter. And eventually I kept writing and there was more songs and more songs. And suddenly my basket was really full and that opened the door for me to sign a record deal at the top of 2020 and release Peace Be Still as a radio single. And I'll ultimately work on a record. And so that's kind of how I've gotten here. That's like the really long story short, but it's been a crazy ride. I turned 40 this year. So in the natural, none of this makes sense. Like I have a sixth grader, a fourth grader. I'm deep into married life and family life, not a typical entry point, you know, for artists, you know, and, and yet it's been it's been the coolest thing because it's such a, it's obviously such a God thing. Even the timing of peace be still coming out. You can't predict that. You can't plan that. Honestly, no one would plan that. You don't want that song to come out because we're all facing fear because of what's happened in 2020 with COVID and the pandemic and the anxiety and the stress. Like you don't want your song to be, you know, because it's meeting a need. And yet at the same time, that's how God works. Like God goes before us and he actually prepares things in advance for us that are going to be able to help us in seasons where we're, we're coming up against storms that we didn't anticipate and that we didn't see coming. And I feel like this song hopefully has been such uh, an anchor for people in this season that are battling the unknown and the fear and, and the anxiety or the stress of what has happened, loss of jobs, loss of life, sickness, and that this song has just been able to remind people of like, hey, I know you're staring at a storm right now, but God speaks peace over you and in you, even in the midst of this storm. Well, it's been, it's been beautiful. He, you're talking about obedience, even when it seems like a sacrifice of laying down the things that are on your heart yeah. and the way that God's actually brought those things to a better place by doing it after also taking you through healing of things uh, and also you know your identity in him which i think there'll be a danger and sometimes i'm i've sometimes worry about younger artists when they rush into things and i'm thinking have you got the grounding to cope totally. with what comes with with this whole uh, this whole industry it is a it is a crazy place to be yeah 
it, it's an it's it's an interesting industry, and I think even more so in our culture now, where social media and and being very seen is such a part of our culture. And like, I think one of the greatest things that you can do is make sure that you've done the work in private with Jesus to know that like, I don't, I don't need to be seen in order to have significance. Like God sees me and God knows me. And that's where I get my significance. And when that gets out of balance, that's when our priorities can get out of balance. Our lives can get out of balance. And suddenly we are not living actually from a place of surrender and obedience and being sensitive to what God's asking us to do. Because a lot of times God asks us to do things that are contrary to what looks like the right way in the natural or the best plan in the natural. But God's plans are genuine, like they are higher, they are better. And they oftentimes look counter to what the world would say is the best approach. My life is counter to what everyone would have said. I, you know, it doesn't look anything like in the timeline that we would promote as this is the best way to build a career, or this is the best way to become an artist. Like I walked away from it multiple times, but that's, isn't that the story of Jesus where he's taking people throughout the Bible that are the least likely that did it the opposite way of what everyone said they should do it. But it was always because they were listening and being sensitive to what God was saying. And then, and then in the end, when God is able to do something, you know, really incredible with their lives, God got the glory because it wasn't, you couldn't, man couldn't have made that happen. Man couldn't have done it that way. And so I think God's always interested in anyone who's willing to allow him to tell the story of their lives where he gets to be the star versus us getting to be the star. And I think in any other season of my life, had God let me go down this path, I think, I think it would have been very easy for me, me to want to be the star versus wanting him to be the star of the story. I actually want people to come away from this record when they listen to it in, in love with Jesus more than they were, more convinced that Jesus is, is who he says he is, more convinced that holding on and not giving up and, and staying tethered to the Lord is worth it. Like if, if that's what people come away with, then I've done, I've done what I feel called to do. But if people just walk away and they're like, oh, she's a really great singer. I feel like I, I missed the assignment. You know what I mean? Like I'm way more, I'm way more invested in people just falling in love with Jesus because of this song. Uh, that is absolutely beautiful thing to hear you say. Um, but I would like to say the other things are true. You are a beautiful singer. You are very gifted. <laughs> God has God has done all of that. Because I'll be I'll be honest. If you were a rubbish singer, it would be very would, difficult for you to glorify God with your voice. This, this story would not have as much impact. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be the story of someone who made a very bad album, but they love Jesus a lot. But it's a story of someone who's made a good album. So um, so and they love Jesus loads. So that's good. So, so I first played "Peace Be Still." I, it was, it was the Wednesday after you released it. Was that February or March? When... Yeah, it was back in February. So that's when we first aired that on Hope FM, just the Wednesday after it had come out. And I thought, oh, this, is, this is a great track. I really was, was impressed by it. Mm. It, it really spoke uh, a word to me. I thought, oh, I, I like this. And then I was really pleased when I heard your album. Uh, the album, I thought, ah, this is, this is a solid album. It's got a lot of truth in there. I think it brings a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. What would you say on the album? There's, so there's 12 tracks on it. Um, yeah. What would you say is the theme of the album from your perspective? So there's this track. I think it's the, is it the, it's the fourth track. It's called Sing My Way Through. Um, if there's anything I could say about the record, that's, that is the theme. That I have had to be someone who has sung the promises of God in every season 
to pull my heart and to pull my mind into alignment with who God is who God says he is. And that I've had to like, look at my feelings. I've had to look at my thoughts. I've had to look at my circumstances and oftentimes go, these feel very true. This is very true, but there is a truth that is greater than them. And I'm going to have to choose right now, which one am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what I feel? Am I going to believe what I see? Am I going to believe what I'm walking through? Or am I going to believe what God says? And that's oftentimes much harder to do than we want it to be. You know, we, we tend to want the whole journey of Christianity to just be easy. We don't want it to be difficult. We don't want there to be hardship. We don't want there to be disappointment. We don't want there to be failure. And yet every place that I've had disappointment, every place that I have messed up, every place where I have doubted and I've gotten it wrong, those have been the places where God has come in and met me and done really deep work and deep healing that needed to happen. The, the goodness of God in my life hasn't looked, hasn't always looked good or felt good. It's oftentimes felt messy. It's often felt like I'm taking 10 steps backwards, but there's, it's always because God's heart towards us is, I actually want to bring you into the fullness of who I've called you to be. I actually want you to walk in abundant life. I want you to know who I say you are and who I say I am so that when you know, like it says in this life, we're going to have trouble. We're going to actually have issues, but you can take heart that I've overcome the world. Like I've had to do the hard work of digging, digging deep and building a well of God's word that I draw from in every season. And so that little song on there that says, you know, it literally says, I will sing my way through all the way to everything you've said. I will sing my way through all the way to all your promises. I, that is the story of my life. I've just chosen to sing it, to prophesy it, to write it, <laughs> like however, you know, just to worship. I think worship is an incredible weapon, a weapon because it's, we get to actually do what the scripture says of like our, in our tongue is the power of life and death. And I just think worship is an incredible tool to speak life and to confess life, even if you don't feel it in that moment. And so yeah, every song is somehow a promise. Every song is somehow um, a revelation or or a moment of encounter with that with Jesus that I've had, where there's maybe been a massive paradigm switch. You know, love like this. I wrote that when I had really hurt a friend. Like I had really hurt a friend by not believing that they were for me and doubting it, and it ha was it was really crushing to them that I thought that they weren't for me. And I, that really was stemmed out of my own insecurities and my own issues. I had nothing to do with them. And I had to go after a period of time and, and just go repent and say, Hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't, I didn't trust you. And I didn't um, believe in you. And I had no reason to, you'd never, you had never proven to ever do anything not trustworthy. This was just my own issue that God was allowing to surface and you became the brunt of it. And I'm really sorry. I was in the wrong. Like I, I did the wrong thing here. And I knew that by going and doing that, like there was a chance that that relationship would end, right? There was a chance that there had been enough breach in that relationship that they wouldn't feel safe to want to enter back in relationship with me because I'd hurt them. Sure. And they were perfectly justified in that, honestly, if they wanted to. And I went into that moment with them knowing like they, they may do that and I have to be okay with that. And instead 
they were beyond gracious and beyond generous. And they offered me forgiveness in a way that I had not humanly experienced, just to be honest. And afterwards, I was processing it with the Lord and I'm just crying. And I just remember saying out loud, I've never known love like this. Love without punishment, love without penance, love without consequence, love without, you name it. And I, so I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I felt it deep in my spirit where I felt like God said, hope I have loved you like that your whole life. And, and I needed you to experience it in human flesh so that you would stop doubting that this is how I love you. I don't punish you. I don't consequence you. I don't leave you in the room of shame and penance for your mistakes. I come in to the middle of your mess and I pull you up out of it and I make you better than you were. And there is no end to the second chances that I will give you. There's no end to forgiveness and repentance that every time you come to me in humility, I'm right there. I'm, I'm, that whole song is about that story and me coming to the realization of like, I don't have to earn God's love by getting it all right. And I don't have to try to maintain this by being perfect. Like even when I mess up, God's grace and his mercy are enough to come in and cover me and, and actually make me whole. Like, so every song on the record, there are stories behind them that, that, that are real life. There weren't just me like, I don't know how to write. Like, so people are amazing at this. I'm not that person that can like go in the room and just like, I just have a cool idea. I, I typically have to live out my songs and like go through the, the high and the lows of it. And then the songs are birthed out of that. And does your friend know that that song is their song? Yeah. Okay. But that's a blessing and a half. That's cool. Yeah, so they do. I, you know, though, I did wait a while before I told them. And, um, and, and then when I told them it had more weight, and it was it was really cool yeah. to share it with them. That's a, that, that's lovely. It's a really lovely story. Thank you for sharing. Um, so you talked about uh, actually that worship is a weapon, uh, and that we yeah. singing things, declaring things. Is there a song uh, that's and from a different artist that's been a song that you feel has been a breakthrough song for yourself? Oh gosh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot to be honest with you. Um, no longer slaves was such a big song for me. Um, I don't know if y'all know that song there. It's Bethel Music put it out. And then there's a couple, Jonathan and Melissa um, Hessler, they put that out. Do y'all play that song? Actually, it's such a great song. I was thinking about <laughs> it probably probably about 20 minutes ago or so. So the it's fact you mention it. Ah, uh, it's, that song is so powerful. And if you've ever, the, the Hesslers have a podcast um, called, I think it's called Cageless Birds. I can't remember what their podcast is. I may be saying that wrong. But Jonathan talks about that song. And Jonathan had struggled with fear for a really long time. And he had this moment in, in his backyard where God just like met him and really just dug into this issue of fear. And he ended up writing this song after that, that moment with the Lord. And I tell you, you feel it. You feel that there, that song isn't just a song. Like that song was, it became a weapon in his hand to defeat fear in his own life, which is what Peace Be Still has been for me personally. But I think, you know, when I think about the Old Testament and even the New Testament, like you have Joshua at the wall of Jericho and you have Paul and Silas in prison, they worship always went at the front of battle. 
like, and I think the same thing was happening in the New Testament. You know, Paul and Silas like, we're in a battle right now. Like we are in prison and worship is the thing that's going to actually break through. Worship is the thing that's actually going to shift the atmosphere or tear down walls or break open chains. And I don't think anything has changed. Like, I think that the truth of worship is still the same. And so, yeah, that song has been really, really powerful. I think in just in my own life and I could, I could name a lot, but Waymaker is also such an incredible song. It's been huge in our church. It, it just, something happens in the atmosphere, right? You just move from a place of like, if you're feeling um, doubtful of what God can do, it's just like suddenly there's a faith that just ignites in your soul just by singing those words. You know, he's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. You know, I just, I love that song. Amen. No, it's a cracker. It's a cracker. Right, it is okay. a cracker. <laughs> so um, a couple of other things to quickly ask you, if you don't mind. If you could only sing about one characteristic of God for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, mm, pr- probably just the love of the Father. Yeah, God's love. That is worth God's singing love. about. Absolutely. It is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there, it's, an, it's endless. Yeah. But I think that that, and, it, and I love that his love covers, it tackles so many subjects and so many issues of the heart and mind and spirit so yeah um right hope thank you so much for what you shared so far we're going to play your second track now uh, and this track is called start over so could you tell us a little bit about the backstory well, what's the significance of the track for you what's it about this is my favorite song on the record um it was the last song i wrote for the record and it's the most vulnerable which is saying a lot because a lot of these songs are vulnerable for me um I wrote this song back, or I guess I wrote it at the top of this year, actually, in January. Um, and prior to that, back last year at the end of 2019, I was, I just I had a really difficult time with some anxiety at the end of the year. And I, I just couldn't shake it. There was just stuff going on in our lives and some things that God was dealing with in my own heart and circumstances that kind of all just, you know, they kind of came together and it was God really ultimately trying to get to the root of some issues that I needed to just have some more healing in. But at the time it felt like such failure because I was like, I'm the peace be still girl. I'm, I'm the girl that has literally written and talked about anxiety and talked about my journey and talked about how God has really done such a deep work of healing, which he has. Um, None of that statement is untrue. So it felt like failure to be dealing with some anxiety again. And there was shame that came with that. And, and because I was dealing with it, you know, one of the hard things about when you struggle sometimes with, you know, it doesn't have to be anxiety. It just can be anything that makes you very self-absorbed and very self-focused. Um, you know, that takes a toll on your relationships. It can take a toll on your marriage. It can take a toll on your parenting because your thing in that season is kind of the biggest thing in the room. It's the biggest issue at hand. And, and so because of that, I was just struggling, honestly, with just feeling like, I cannot believe I'm not further along in this journey. I can't believe God that we're, we're circling back and we're dealing with this again. And I went in to write with Mia Fields, who has co-written a ton of the songs on the record. She's one of my dearest friends and co-writing buddies. And we, her and Ben Cancelot, who also wrote on 
um, I glorify and start over and what he, he wrote on several of the songs. Um, we set some time aside and we were just chatting and because they're my friends, they're really my friends that I do life with. They knew kind of some of the journey that I was in and we were just talking openly and candidly and being really vulnerable about, about things in our lives. And it felt like all of us were in this season of God kind of forcing us to have to go back and deal with some things that we thought were already dealt with and how as Christians, we can tend to buy into this lie that we do arrive. Like at some point we just get to this place where we're like, nothing's an issue anymore, which is not true. And so then when God does start to press on something that needs to be dealt with, we can sometimes feel like, wait, why am I dealing with this again? I thought this was already dealt with, but I think God's always after more healing, more freedom, more deliverance, like making us from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. And I think at some point in that, that room that day, I just said, you know, I have a long history with God that I know as painful as this season is and as embarrassed as I am. And as much as I don't want to have to go back and deal with some stuff from my past, I just have too much history with God. I trust him too much that I know this is for my good. Like I know that this is really important, but boy, do I wish I could just start over. I wish I could just go back and not have to be in this season. Like that's what I wish, but I know that that's not what this moment is. And at the same time, Mia's, Mia opened up about um, one of her loved ones, um, a family member had entered rehab the night before. And because they had entered rehab um, for a drug addiction, they were going to lose their job and their business and relationships and because it was a program they'd have to go away for for a year. And she said, you know, this particular family member, all they want to do is start over because all they're looking at is all the loss and all of the things that they're losing in this season. And it just in that moment became so important for us to write a song that was about Jesus talking to us and telling us that no matter where we've been, no matter what we've gone through, whether we're the one that's been wounded or we're the one that's done the wounding, that when we come and we surrender and we actually invite him into that most painful place that we actually do get to start over and that we're not so broken that he can't repair us. We're not so broken. I hate when I hear people just say, I'm so broken. I'm so broken because it, it, it can be such a final thing that you're speaking over yourself. And I just think nothing is so broken that it's beyond repair. Jesus can repair anything. Jesus can heal anything. And I love, it's why we said in the lyric, you're not broken. There's just things I want to mend. Like to remind us that like he's in the job of mending. And you know, my favorite line of the song is in the second verse that just says, um, sometimes healing looks like nothing you would choose. Feels like you're in reverse. So often, how many times do we say, you know, it feels like I've taken two steps forward and 10 steps backwards. And, and just a reminder that Jesus is in every step and that even if he's taking you what feels like a season that's going backwards, sometimes you have to go back and deal with things in order to move forward in a healthier way, in a more whole way than maybe what you thought, you know, just trudging forward, but you're limping the whole way and you don't even know it. And so I hope that people that don't even know Jesus hear this song. I think this song in and of itself is a really vulnerable way of telling the gospel that like, it doesn't matter where you've been or who you've been or what you've walked through or, you know, the first verses are obviously me addressing like the heaviness of what anxiety can feel like, like nobody plans to break. 
Nobody plans for things to fall apart. Nobody plans to fall apart themselves. Nobody plans to go into rehab because they're dealing with drug addiction again, or they've fallen prey to areas of weakness in their life again, and they're dealing with it again. But I love that God, God says he knows the plans that he has for us and they're never to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. So even that, which we don't plan for, God's already planned a hope and a future for it. And so, yeah, that's the heart behind the song that no matter what, you can start over with him. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview. We can start over again. And that was Start Over by Hope Darst. I'm very pleased to say that Hope is still with us here on Hope FM. Hey, Hope. Um, that song is just beautiful. I absolutely love it. It feels like God is on that. And he just spoke uh, to me. I, I, I personally started to well up just a little bit when I played it earlier on today. I just felt there's something beautiful in it. And it would be, I'm sure, so helpful. I'm sure many people, as they've been listening to the interview, uh, God's been probably touching them as well. So, if you'll be happy to pray for listeners right now, that would be fantastic. I would love that. God, thank you so much that you are with us no matter where we find ourselves, God. If we find ourselves in situations that we didn't expect, God, whether it's something fell apart that we didn't plan or we feel like we've fallen apart and we didn't plan it. God, I thank you that you are with us even in the midst of that, that you are for us and that you're a safe place, that you don't come to us with shame and condemnation, but you come to us in grace, with, with grace and mercy, and that your hands are always outstretched to us. And you want to pull us in and draw us in, and you want to heal the things that feel broken. You want to heal the things that feel like they need mending. And so for anyone listening right now, God, I just ask that where they are, they would feel an overwhelming sense of your love for them and that they are safe with you, that they can bring to you the deepest places of pain, the deepest places where they feel like there's been failure or setback and they can bring it to you. And God, you can actually bring redemption to those places. You can bring healing to those places. You actually can do something so beautiful, God. You are in the business of taking what feels like ash and, and just rubble, God, and turning it into something beautiful. And that your mercies are new for us every morning, that no matter where we find ourselves right now, there is a hope that tomorrow we can start over and we can do things differently hand in hand with you. And so God, I thank you that you're the God of second chances and that you're the God that never leaves us and never forsakes us, forsakes us. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Hope. In fact, I'd just like to share a quick story, if I may. Um, so uh, you talked about someone going to a rehab. And in fact, uh, a Christian friend of mine made a series of uh, very bad decisions. Mm. And um, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're perfect and we make mistakes. Right. And he, he, made, he made a lot of quite serious mistakes and um, ended up uh, using drugs. Um, and mm. his life totally fell apart. He lost everything. Um, and yeah. uh, one night I just felt like I should send him a text and I, I felt God give me the words to send to him and I sent him a text which said uh, I feel that uh, you you feel like you've made your bed mm. uh, and now you've got to lie in it but Jesus tells me he will lie in that bed oh gosh and beautiful. I I got a reply from him uh, a text reply and it said I can't believe you just sent that to me because I had just shouted out to God 
I've made my bed and now I have to lie in it. Wow. So um, just want to say if there are people out there who think, you know what, I've messed up too much and God wouldn't love me. That's a lie. It's a lie. God loves you and God is reaching out to you right now. So I just want to encourage you to follow God. So that's, that's so beautiful, Gordon. And honestly, it's a testament of why it's so important that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and he nudges us to reach out to someone and to, and just give them a word of encouragement. Like it can be a life or death word for some people. Like it can actually change the course of their life and, and, and breathe hope into a very dire situation. And so it's really amazing. So, well, God loves to speak to people and you're totally right about the nudges. uh, Following nudges has been one of the things that I've realized actually helps me do more of the things that God's asked me to do because yes. it's not, it's not always that booming voice, is it? As long as you, no, you get that, no. you get the feeling you should do something. It's just like that little feeling that you just sense in your spirit. And it's so easy to miss, right? Like funny that you say that. So this morning, my church, we're getting ready to enter. This is conference week for us. So we're getting ready to enter a massive conference from we'll all be leading worship and sessions. And it's my favorite week of the year. And I woke up this morning and we have a little text group with all of our, all the, worship leaders. And then we have another one that's like all the, the female worship leaders that we just, you know, so we can be talking girl stuff and mom stuff. And I woke up this morning and I just, I felt so strongly that I was supposed to pray over everyone's hearts and minds that lies of the enemy would not start to just play games with their minds and, and different stuff this week. And sure enough, one of the girls texts back immediately. She goes, I've been doing so well, but in the last 24 hours, I have felt an onslaught of just lies from the enemy that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not really wanted. And, and she was like, you are absolutely like speaking right into what I needed to hear. So those moments are not like, that's a tiny little thing, right? Like I could have easily just kind of brushed over that. They, they can make a massive difference for the person on the other side that God's intending that, that word of encouragement, that little infusion of God's hope to just come into their situation and give them strength um, where they're feeling really weak. So don't dismiss those little nudges. Nudges. That's, that's the thing for everyone out there listening. If you're, if you're a Christian, ask God, God, give me some nudges this week. It'd be exciting to hear back some uh, listener stories of things that God has done. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Okay. So hope, um, Life is a bit complicated in 2020. Uh, I think that might be fair to say, especially <laughs> especially that. for artists who can't do perhaps all the normal things uh, they might yeah. be thinking to do. But it seems like God often pauses what you are planning to do and gives you different things to do. So, what are you what are you <laughs> thinking God has for you over the next sort of 12 months? Oh gosh, I don't know. You know, here's what's crazy. Someone asked me last night. They're like, "How's this going for you?" We had friends over for dinner, and they're not in the music industry. And and he was just like, like how's this been? And I said, you know, what's crazy is that when we went, when, when we felt released, when my husband and I really felt like released for me to sign a record deal and step into this, um, because of where I met already in life, like what we were talking about earlier, I'm, I'm older, I have two children, like our rhythm of life is just so different than if I were a 20 year old starting and single or even just married, but with no children. And so when we, um, talked to my label from the very get go, we had said, Hey, we're going to have to do this different. Like, I'm not willing to step into this and be an artist and make records at the cost of my family. Like it's just not worth it to me. And so we're going to have to ask God to give us a different, a roadmap. It doesn't mean that it won't look, some parts won't look like other artists, but it's just not going to be able to look like everybody else. And part of what makes me me is that I really am a worship leader and I really am tethered to the local church and I want my feet on the ground. Like I'm, I want to actually be a part of the heartbeat 
of the local body. And that's, that's where you're going to get who I am and the songs that I write and why that I write them because I'm doing real life. I'm not just like over here living kind of this weird life of like just touring and it all being about me. Not that that's, I'm not criticizing that. I just knew that that wasn't probably the right way for me to do all of it. So, you know, we went into this year with no plans to tour. Okay. So, so it was a crazy situation that like it didn't disrupt this year for us, but we did plan obviously for 2021 to start touring. And yet, you know what? I'm just not worried about it. I'm just like, you know what, God, like, you know, my heart beats for building the church and building my family really in a healthy way. And I've trusted all along that you were just going to, you were going to build a path for us that doesn't look like anybody else. And so I don't know what that is. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm just trusting you that, you know, it it doesn't need to be what I thought it was going to look like. And so, you know, we'll see next year. I mean, I hope I get to go out on the road and at some, and I hope I get to lead worship and be a, be a part of some things that are happening. But in the meantime, you know, I'm just going to try to steward the things that I've always been stewarding songwriting. I'll, I'll be writing. I'm so excited to start writing again. Yeah, it'll just be more of the same. Leading worship, raising a family, songwriting, and you know, asking God for new dreams and new things that he wants me to do because I didn't really think much past making a record. <laughs> that, well, it's a great starting point. And, and in fact, I would like to say it's, an, it's a great extra thing to have done because you talked about being a mom. And I just want to say right now that being a mom is a very, very high calling. And if there are people yes. at home who are going, oh no, here's this woman and she's a mom and she's doing all these other things. I just want to say being a mom is really hard work and uh, it is. I, it's so important. And being a mom and, and bringing Jesus uh, to your children as well is probably one of the most important things uh, you can, it, you can do. It's a massive role and it's a very significant role. And it, and I'll just say this, there were many years. <laughs> I don't know. There were, there were many years that I didn't feel like motherhood was enough. I thought I should be doing other things and God had to wrestle that down in me and God had to deal with that and get to the root of that. And for me to have to address actually, God, if all you've called me to do is be a wife and to, and to be a mother, then that is an incredible calling. And there is nothing less in that calling because I'm not out working. I'm not out making a name for myself. I'm not building a brand or whatever that is. That if my, if the only call in my life is to have a healthy marriage and to raise children that love you and serve you all the days of their life, then, then that's not what I'm going to do. And I think any voice that says other, that that's not enough, that's just the enemy. And it's being surrendered to the season that you're in. And to know that if you actually lay down your life for your family and your kids, it's amazing what God will resurrect in later years, which is what's happening with me. I chose, I did that. I laid down my life. I laid down my dreams. I laid down my passions to serve my family, to serve my marriage and to be healthy and whole for a very long time, for almost a decade. Now God is allowing some other things to happen outside of the home because we've dealt with that. And and he knows that I'll walk away from all of it tomorrow if it starts to disrupt what I value the most. And so, you know, for all you mamas out there, hold on, you're not, your dreams and all those little things that you hold dear in your heart that you feel like you're missing, don't you even worry about it. God's got all of that in the perfect timing and in the perfect way. And even if some of it doesn't happen, what will probably happen is that there's a contentment that happens in your heart that super exceeds that. And you'll no longer need all those little things to happen 
And so either way, it works out. I promise. <laughs> that is beautiful and wise words. Well, Hope Doss, thank you so very much for joining us on Hope FM. It's been an honor having you on and loved chatting with you. Ah, um, I've loved it, Gordon. Will you, will, you, will you come back maybe in 12 months time and tell us what God's been doing? I would love that. That would be so amazing. Maybe at that point, I could actually come and do it in person. You never know. Yeah. If, if COVID that has be been awesome. sorted, that would be, exactly. be a cool thing. <laughs> that would so, be a dream. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.